Well, hello and welcome to the Smells Like Money podcast. Join me, Suzanne Chin-Taylor, the doo-doo diva, as I interview guests who are making an impact on how we manage and operate systems for conveying and treating wastewater. As a veteran of the wastewater, trenchless, and civil infrastructure industry, each week, I'll be bringing you industry know-how from industry pros who know how. Join me each week as I speak with representatives of organizations that are utilizing disruptive or new technologies and methods, and executives who are excited to share how to be successful and sustainable in our vital industry. So whether you want to learn about the latest trends in technology, in treatment or trenchless, gain tips on training and retaining great talent, or simply how to be more efficient, productive, or profitable, this podcast is for you. Ready? Let's dive right in. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Doo Diva Smells Like Money podcast. We have the pleasure of visiting with Stan Heimberger today, the president and CEO of Heimberger and Company. And we're going to be talking about some interesting new technologies and processes, or let's just say approaches for wastewater treatment. You may be aware of it, you may not. And uh, there's actually two things we're going to cover. So Stan is going to stay with us and we're going to break this into two segments because there's just so much ground to cover on these topics that we want to give them equal billing in order to create a really nice understanding for you out there who are listening. So welcome to the show, Stan. Thank you, Suzanne. So Stan, before we kick this off, if you would just give us a little bit of background on you and how you got into the industry and, you know, basically your expertise and, you know, why, why you're a sewer rat or a wastewater treatment person just like I am. Sure. I've been involved in wastewater treatment for approximately 10 years now. Prior to that, um, I was working with the pulp industry, uh, primarily more in terms of pulping and bleaching chemistry. Okay. So my company transitioned about 10 years ago, uh, and uh, I am now totally focused on wastewater, both municipal and industrial wastewater, and methods to control and improve the process. Well, so you have a chemical background, and we're going to talk a little bit later about chemical processes that have been in use for a long time. And so today, for you know purposes of this episode, we're going to focus on micronized calcium carbonate. God, that's a mouthful. Uh, and the brand name of this is, and correct me if I'm mispronouncing this, but Microna Aquacal. Did I get that right? That is correct. Okay. And uh, I can explain <laughs> simply what it is. Uh, it is uh, micronized, mined, very pure calcium carbonate that okay. is, is uh, found right now on an island owned by Columbia River Carbonates out of Woodland, Washington, who is one of my clients. And uh, they grind it very, 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 very small particles. They have three products, average particle size of those ranges between three and 11 microns. So a micron is a very small particle. Because of that, 
And because of the way that they put it into a slurry, it does not fall out of the slurry. Uh, in fact, very minimal agitation just once in a while over a day's period is needed to keep it in slurry form. And that's an improvement over a lot of slurries, other slurries that the industry may have used in the past. Okay, so you were telling me that, um, that this gets added in the biological secondary treatment process, but what does it actually do? I mean, we talk about, we know the treatment plants, they nitrify and they denitrify. So how does this, how does this work? Well, what does it do to improve the process? Okay, well, let's talk about nitrification first. Okay. During nitrification, ammonia is converted to nitrates and nitrites. Right. And uh, in that process, a byproduct is acidity. So for the aerobic bacteria to function well in nitrifying, that acidity needs to be neutralized with an alkali. Okay. Uh, in the, and in the past, an alkali such as 25% caustic soda or 60% magnesium hydroxide or um, slaked lime may be used. Uh, each of those has its own disadvantages, however. And one of the reasons that Columbia River Carbonates began working with me about three years ago was to find applications in the wastewater industry, both municipal and industrial, uh, because uh, they believe that in addition to their current customers in the pulp and paper industry, in uh, PBC, in paint, that they could develop this market as well. And in fact, we have together. So what does it do differently than those other, you know, chemicals that everybody has known for many years and is used for many years? We, you know, just like every prescription drug, everything that you're going to put in, if it's a chemical, is going to have a side effect. But what makes this so different than the other chemicals? Obviously, it's it serves its purpose and does the job. But I guess what's its secret sauce? Well. The most important uh, secret sauce, as you say, is that it buffers in the exact pH range that aerobic bacteria in secondary stage extraction for nitrifying want. And that's in the six, slightly over six to slightly under seven pH range. And that is where it likes to operate uh, versus some of the other alkalis I mentioned earlier, such as caustic or mag hydroxide, uh, really don't like to buffer at all. Uh, if they do, they may buffer such as mag hydroxide, maybe around eight and a half pH in wastewater. But if you have something that doesn't buffer where you want it to buffer, you can frequently have excursions above your target pH even with skated control. And uh, therefore, you're not operating as efficiently as you can. Okay, all right. So when 
you were talking about neutralizing acidity. I'm, I'm looking at my notes here before, you know, before we got on the show, it's just that acidity resulting from the addition of ferric chloride alum or PAC to reach the target in effluent. Explain to me what you meant by that. Like, how does this, I, I take well, it this is an additive that would counteract that negative effect. Yes, but uh, that what I'm referring to is additional to nitrification. Okay. Some wastewater treatment plants, not all of them, need to control for total phosphorus oh. into discharge point. And for those that do, uh, some of them use chemicals such as ferric chloride or, or PAC or, or alum, which adds acidity to the water um, by itself. So that's extra demand for a alkali in addition to the nitrification. And others uh, such as biological removal of phosphorus do not. And for those, the aquacal would not really be required. So you need the processes, you need to find the processes that do uh, the chemical P as they refer to processes okay. that add acidity before you would need to add additional alkali for right. pH control. Okay. So explain to me what you mean by an alkaline additive to neutralize acidity in side stream treatment of filtrate. And this is as it's relating to anaerobic digestion or of the biosolids, some advantages of that. Explain to me what you meant by that. That's another point of addition. Uh, not very many municipal wastewater treatment plants at this point have side stream, um, sometimes called PAD treatment, mm -hmm. where during the digestion process as the, um, the sludge or the cake is being thickened, the filtrate is then treated to nitrify before it goes back to secondary treatment. And that reduces the demand for biological treatment in secondary treatment. So it's a, it's a process. There's another one called Aminox, which works differently with different bacteria. Um, that one does, does works completely different such that it doesn't require an alkali additive after. But um, the side stream treatment, in fact, I'm working with a um, wastewater treatment plant now, and we're gonna be starting a trial there uh, in about two months to um, replace lime, which they now use and have issues with in terms of over adding or, uh, or getting uh, plugs in their addition point and their pumps and et cetera. So, so this, it's a new application. Since you, brought, since you brought that up, so this does not create those problems of the plugging like some of these other additives do? It does not, especially with the product AquaCal 70, which is the smallest micron size product that Columbia River Carbonates offers as a slurry. And um, that we have done initial trials 
at other wastewater treatment plants where we work out of totes. And those totes have not been agitated over a long period of time, say for months, and we experience no plugging. So that product in particular is very, very good for not causing any plugs. So from an operational standpoint and deployment, how is this added into the treatment process? It's added into, the best place to add it is right into the RAS or the mixed liquor, whatever you'd like to call it at that point. And uh, it goes right into the channel and is then mixed well in with the bacteria. And, uh, and that is recirculated through the system, obviously. That's where okay. it is best used. Is it dosed through like a pump or is this something where the operator has, when you were saying these totes, where they have to actually add it by hand? Like how do they control how much is being? No, we, we use a progressive cavity pump. Okay. Uh, one of the trade names that are out there, which is not the one that we've been using, but a lot of people have probably heard of Moino pumps. Okay. So this yeah. is that type of pump. It's very good for slurries, uh, say, as opposed to a centrifugal pump, which can lose control or a uh, another type of pump that might be better used for other chemicals, perhaps. Well, now, when we when we talk about, you know, cost comparisons, uh, is this meant, what is this, is it meant to add to what they're already doing or is it meant to replace, like you just mentioned earlier with that other wastewater treatment plant that it would remove lime. Is this meant to replace some of those other chemicals? So it's again, either, either, or, or in addition to, to well, help already doing perform better. The, the, our experience is that maybe there's some of both. Okay. Um, Right now, um, our first application out here was in the state of Washington on the eastern side of the state at an MBR-based facility. Mm -hmm. And uh, they totally replaced 25% caustic that they had been adding for alkalinity and pH control. Uh, we're working with another on the eastern side of the state that, I'm sorry, on the western side of the state that has a lot of, um, INR issues during wet weather. And so they find that they still need a little bit of 25% caustic to have the pH go up quicker than what the AlkaCal can do. So in that case, and probably others, uh, you may still need a little bit of other alkali. Uh, so we don't have enough of a, of a um, of a customer base to say one way or the other, but I think that there could be both. Okay. Cost-wise, comparable to what they're doing, or is there any cost savings of adding this? Let, or is it, you know, purely like treatment efficiency? No, it's much less expensive than any of those other chemicals that I mentioned. Uh, so you're saving money there, usually in the range of, 20 up to 30 or 40% under. Plus, in addition, there are other benefits that you don't get from caustic soda, uh, but you may get from mag hydroxide or uh, lime, 
And that would be that it aids in settling of sludge in um, either post-screening in an MBR facility through the membrane or uh, in a conventional plant that has a clarifier. And we actually have developed customers that are using it more for that purpose than anything else. In that case, what the AquaCal does is it um, is taken up by the bacteria because they, um, they like the calcium source that it provides and uh, it acts as a ballast. In other words, it helps them sink, which is what's supposed to happen after secondary treatment. So, so it gives everything a little bit of a boost. Exactly, a little bit of a boost. Oh, wow, okay, all right. So any byproducts that you have to be worried about? You know, because we always talk about, you know, the environment or, or whatnot. It, it sounds like this is a, is it, would it be considered a natural solution because it's from the earth? It's a, it's a natural solution. In fact, we kid that, uh, it's gonna take over the process. Um, all you have to do is grind rocks, which is what is mined on the island. And then it's ground to, as we, as I said, three to 11 micron average particle size in a slurry. We also have uh, dry products for those larger wastewater treatment plants that may get their, they may use lime now and they may get it in dry form. So we can also, and we are targeting that market as well with our drive product, our AquaCal 300. Okay, so, so we've been talking, I guess, primarily about municipal wastewater. How about applications for you know, industrial process wastewater? There are uh, numerous applications there as well. Um, and that comes into being more in terms of a lot of industrial facilities are trying to reuse water for hose down of the floors and for maybe possibly cooling towers, okay. et cetera. And so you need to get back to a neutral pH generally in that situation or a near neutral pH. And some of the food processes also create acidity. Right. Um, uh, and as, as you could imagine, uh, for instance, um, anything that involves uh, animal processing, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the wastewater is acidic there from, from the process itself, which I won't go into the gory details on. Right. But uh, there's a requirement for alkalinity there. And most of the time they are using one of the other three products that I mentioned because uh, nobody was talking about micronized calcium carbonate before about three years ago when we started. How did they discover that this would be, that this would work, you know, just kind of going back in history that, you know, they mined it, they own this island, they put it together. Was it just, was it accidental or they just started testing it here and there to see, hmm, I wonder what this will do. Like a science. Well, 
No, they had some guidance. Uh, actually, Columbia River Carbonates is partially owned by a very large global uh, minerals company, Omya. Okay. And uh, Omya has used a different form of natural material to create their micronized calcium carbonate. Okay. But they have somewhere around 500 applications going now in Western Europe, primarily the German speaking countries, Germany, Austria, but also in France and Spain and Italy now. And so uh, their partner, Omya, suggested that, uh, hey, there's an application that you guys may be missing over in North America. And, um, you know, they've been very supportive in terms of offering us ability of their uh, technical folks as well to assist us in our trials, which is, you know, very nice as we build our business here uh, until we have our own experience that we can build on. So, so are you looking for municipalities and folks that would like to try this on a, on a pilot basis? And how does, how does that kind of, how does that kind of program work? Well, typically the way it works is we identify a potential customer who would like to trial the product. And uh, typically what we recommend is that they do at least a three month trial where they try to, as we discussed before, replace their current alkali, uh, be it 25% caustic or mag hydroxide or lime. And then in that time period, they um, can gather enough good data to suggest that, hey, this is working. It's also saving me money. It's also helping my sludge settle and my, diget my digester cake uh, get to higher solids, which saves me money hauling it off either to land use or landfill. Uh, so, you know, there are benefits that can be pretty well proven in three months, but I have to say that um, two of the three facilities that we have commercialized right now, uh, we did the pilot work for nine months to a year because wow. they wanted additional data. So we will gladly do that. Um, we'll provide all the uh, temporary storage equipment and dosing equipment that's necessary. Or, uh, and, um, you know, it's been, the process has worked and we can continue and intend to continue expanding. Excellent. Well, Stan, thank you for sharing all the information. And at this point, I'd like to just, for those of you who are listening that may wanna explore this, get a little bit more information or maybe talk to Stan about doing a, a pilot, you know, test at your own facility. How can they get in touch with you and where can they find more information? Well, they can go to my website and uh, it's a little long, so bear with me. Okay, go it's ahead. It's spelled H-E-I-M as in Mary. B as in boy, U R G as in girl, E R A N D C O dot com. 
heimbergerandco.com. And I take uh, also you can reach. LinkedIn. Yeah, you can reach me uh, on LinkedIn. You can also reach me um, by email, uh, stan at heimbergerandco.com. Right. Or you can reach me by my main phone number, which is area code 360-319-8234. All right. Well, um, for those of you listening, I hope you got something out of this and made you start to think about what you may be doing or think about trying some new things. And Stan, again, thank you for you know coming on the show and sharing this information and look forward to continuing the dialogue in the next episode. Stan is going to stay with me to record a second session on another process that they offer that is equally as interesting. So until next time, keep it flowing. Thanks so much for joining me, the Doo Diva, on this week's episode of Smells Like Money. What stood out to you this week? Share your takeaways by leaving me a review. You can find out more about the new technologies, creating sustainable solutions and insights on how to succeed in our vital industry by subscribing to the show. Whether you want to learn about the latest trends in wastewater infrastructure, treatment or trench lists, You've got it all right here at Smells Like Money. If you're an industry expert and would like to be considered as a guest for the show, book a quick chat with me by visiting calendly.com forward slash the Tuit Group forward slash B dash A dash podcast dash guest, or simply click the link in the show notes below. Until next week, A big shout out to all my industry friends and those who will be. You are my superheroes. Thanks for tuning in, keeping it flowing, and we'll see you all next week.